0: challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host New York Times best-selling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. I want to talk to you just heart to heart about this coronavirus season that we're going through. What it means, what it means for us as men, and what it can mean if we go through it the right way. Uh, It's scary, I realize. We have not gone through something like this during during the lifetimes of most of you who are listening to this podcast. Some of us remember bird flu and SARS and things of that nature. And those of us who read a little history remember that 100 years ago, uh, there was a massive global influenza epidemic that killed between 70 and 100 million people, millions of them right here in the US. 70 and 100 million people died because of an influenza epidemic that came largely out of the you know post-World War I era and the soldiers returning from the battlefield and some some epidemiological factors that, that we don't need to get in here. Uh, get into here, but nevertheless, uh, it's it. These things do happen. These things do befall us. These things are things we need to be aware of, um, and they they are mainly shocking to people living right now because we haven't had anything like this. Thank God, uh, science, the CDC, the WHO, World Health Organization, Center for Disease Control, the medical community—they get on top of these things. They do well. They protect us. Um, but it, it's freaking a lot of people out because it hasn't happened in a generation. I want to say, too, before I get down to the man side of this thing, uh, that for the most part, there's some good news here. Uh, children tend to develop antibodies very, very quickly uh, to this, uh, to this uh, coronavirus, and adults uh, just normal adults between, let's say, twenty and fifty, twenty twenty years of age and fifty years of age, um, they tend to endure it like a severe flu. In fact, there was an article in the Washington Post this last week, uh, the title of which was um, "I Have the Coronavirus and So Far It's Not Been That Big a Deal." Now we don't know fully everything that's going to happen, but we are already seeing people get it, uh, go to bed, get better, and fully recover, and then be immune afterwards. So that's probably the normal course. The people who are the most vulnerable are the elderly, and those are the folks we're going to have to help. Those are the folks we're going to have to protect. Those are the folks we're going to have to watch out for. Here in the U.S., uh, the health authorities are mainly monitoring uh, nursing homes because though that population is the most vulnerable. So uh, this is not near the influenza epidemic of 1918. Uh, this is not even yet as severe as SARS. Um, but this is something that, uh, that we will definitely will mark our generation. And if we're wise, it'll help us prepare for future things. Uh, you already know the practical strategies. I'm not a medical doctor and I won't give medical uh, opinions, but the doctors are telling us that hand sanitizer makes a huge difference. Washing our hands, uh, keeping our hands out of our, our fingers, out of our mouths and our nose and our eyes and all of that kind of thing. Uh, basically we pick it up physically. If we stay real clean, real sanitized. Uh, and don't quote unquote penetrate the membranes of the body, as somebody euphemistically said don't put your fingers in your eyes your ears your mouth not so much your ears but your mouth your nose um, that that way you 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 go a lot farther uh, in protecting yourself so hand sanitizer, lots of hand washing lots of body washing uh disinfecting surfaces, and certainly being careful in public very very important apparently, the masks don't make that big a difference, and as I was saying on another podcast i uh flew back flew from DC through Detroit down to Nashville yesterday, saw almost no masks. Um and those who were wearing masks were in the Detroit airport coming and going from Asia. So um, you know, that's that's kind of the way it goes. Uh I keep my hands very clean. I use a lot of hand sanitizer. I wash a lot. I also, by the way, wash off the screens of my devices because I I use my devices very aggressively in speaking and in the work that I do. Uh, and so it's possible for me to pick up a potentially to pick up a germ on my hand from, let's say being in a in an airport and stick it on one of my devices, and then you know, uh, who knows, talk on the phone or somehow get that closer to my face. So I use even sanitizing wipes on my devices, and so that's that's very easy to pick up on Amazon. Uh, what I wanna say to you, men, though, um, is that these are times in which we can really shape lives. And uh, emit a spirit that will be remembered for generations. Uh, I've had the privilege of doing some research and some interviews with people who lived the, through the Great Depression, and I was very moved by the fact that for many of them, the years of going through the Great Depression were some of their some of their happiest times. Now, I don't mean the deprivation. I don't mean the the you know that none of them suffered from hunger, but you know the hardships, the financial tightness, the fear. Uh, that wasn't the happy part. But it was what their parents did. It was the way their parents uh, filled the family home with love and how they lived simple lives and and how something as simple as a pie would be like Christmas Day. And they would have music contests and storytelling contests and joke telling contests amongst the family. And they'd gather around the radio and listen not only to President Roosevelt, but to the, the radio theater going on at the time. And they simplified their lives and they cut expenses and they got through it. frequently with every single member of the family having to work a job just to keep them all fed and keep a roof over their head. But the point is that because the parents led, because they turned to God, because they loved each other, the memory of the Great Depression and their family, again, it's not that they want to go back and live through the Great Depression again, but it is that as a family, they lived in such love and godliness um, and simplicity and connection that it was one of the favorite times of all of their lives. I, I'm a big believer in how we go through these things. Uh, I'm a big believer in and what we as men need to emit, represent, uh, set examples in, uh, in order to set the tone by which people endure these things. Um, we need to be courageous. We need to be calm. We need to trust God. Um, we need to make practical plans. We need to know our stuff. Uh, we need to comfort one another and encourage uh, each other in the in the in the truest sense of what that means, actually impart courage to each other. Um, I, I'm a big believer that men, uh, a lot of what you do as the head of heads of your home or in partnership with your wife or however you want to say it in your parenting, is you create a culture. And so the culture we create, you know, I'm going to say real bluntly that that a lot of the art of of how we lead as men, is that we don't come to a crisis like this and go suddenly, oh my gosh, I got I to gotta do stuff I haven't been doing. No, we've been doing it consistently all along. I build a culture of courage in my family. I build a culture of faith. I build a culture of connection. My wife and I work together uh, to encourage each other and to welcome other people in our homes and to speak things into our children's lives. And we prepare, we save, we have margin, um, we're practical, uh, all of those things allow us to endure something like this, not with callousness, not with a, you know, I'm not affected, so what do I care? Not at all. That's not the attitude that's that's righteous and, and, and noble. No. Uh, but we are able to go through it with courage because we've prepared, uh, because we know these things might come, and because we realize that the way we go through them is the key, the spirit with which we go through them, the courage, uh, the optimism, the investment in each other's lives. That's the issue. And so men, as we go through this, this, this coronavirus, I think is going to run its course and we'll look on the other side of it. But the issue for us will be, how do we learn the lessons we need to learn in the meantime? Did the coronavirus hit? You suddenly looked around your house and said, oh my gosh, if we had to lock down right now, we'd starve in half a day. Well, then, then, then you're not living what I call the grandma strategy. Uh, Remember that our grandmothers and great grandmothers you know, they always had margin. They had money in the, some cash stowed away in the mattress. They had pantries. They they had skills. They had tools. They had guns. They had, you know, grandpa knew how to build things and work with his hands. And grandma knew how to cook and can and all that kind of stuff. And of course, I'm remembering years and years ago now. But basically the grandma's strategies, people knew how to take care of themselves. They knew how to, they knew hard times might come. They'd lived through the depression and wars and they wanted to make sure that they had the margin to be able to live. And so if you're executing a grandma strategy, uh, if you're already encouraging a noble culture in your family, then when hard times come, you can actually reach to others. You can actually uh, be that calm, courageous core uh, that you want to be. And that's what we're responsible for, men. We, we are, uh, perhaps more than anyone else in our lives, responsible for the culture we are encouraging around us, in our businesses, in our families, in our friendships, in our relationship with our uh, sons and daughters? What is the culture you've been encouraging? And I tell my kids, and my, Bev and I look at each other, we say, you know, tough times may very well come. Um, tough times may come. I mean, we, we we talk to each other honestly about our deaths, for example. It's not that we're that old, um, but I travel into war zones all the time. Honey, here's what needs to happen, and here's who you'll call, and and here's how we've prepared, and um, you know, I don't think anything's going to happen, but if it does, you know, you'll be well taken care of. And here's who I want you to involve in that. And, you know, we talk about those things. We don't hide from a uh, disaster. We don't hide from the possibility of harm. We don't hide from the possibility of difficult things. We're not, you know, uh, preoccupied with them. We're not focused on them. We're not hoping for them. Uh, we're not doing some kind of weird preoccupation with, with the negative, but we prepare and men, this is our responsibility. It's our job to make sure this is done. It's our job to make sure there's margin in our homes. I mean, actual physical margin. I mean, if you had to lock down today that you could survive for a week or two or three, um, hurricanes will happen, storms will happen, floods will happen, riots will happen, etc. cetera. And, um, you know, are you prepared? Do you have margin in your home? If you have to lock down, can you survive? And then of course, there's the main issue that I'm talking about is what about the spirit in your soul? What about the, the culture you're encouraging? What about the words you speak and the way you pull your children close and the way you live in, a, live in a household of encouragement and faith and confidence and relative fearlessness so you can confront whatever comes? That's the art of manhood. That's who we are. And so it's not just about confronting coronavirus. A lot of people are freaking out today because they've made no preparation. They've never considered these things. In fact, one of the things that makes me laugh is that Corona beer is down about 40% in sales because people are almost superstitious and don't even want to buy Corona beer if it's got the word Corona on it. So, you know, that's going to be a marketing story for years to come that we're talking about those factors at the business schools in the future. But what I care about is that good and noble and righteous men are standing their ground, are emitting faith and confidence, are trusting God, and are knowing that these kinds of things will happen again. I fully believe we'll get past this uh, with a relative minimum of damage here in the U.S. for sure. Uh, and hopefully other countries as well. I'm praying for this thing to pass. But we need to look at it. We need to look at it honestly. We need to look at it if we, uh, how prepared were we and how much margin did we have? And what would have happened if we'd had to lock away for a month or if martial law had been instituted or something of that nature? I know it's extreme, but you know, the preparations aren't uh, that difficult. I mean, don't you wish right now you had in your home a liter bottle full of hand sanitizer, powerful hand sanitizer? That would have kept a lot of people alive, apparently. Well, that's not hard to stick in the back of a a bathroom cabinet. And how about a, a pantry? And how about some storage of food? And how about some extra pallets of water bottles, you know, in the garage? And I'm not trying to make you a survivalist. I don't want you to dig a cave and live in a hole. I just want us to realize that difficult times can come, that good men prepare for them, and then good men lead courageously through them in partnership with their wives, in league with their children, encouraging a culture that helps everybody survive to a greater day. And also, by the way, men need to know that community is part of the solution. We don't do this alone. We don't pull in with just our wives and our two children. We build community. We reach to the neighbors. We love people. We, we lay aside enough to be able to help other people. That's what it means to go through a season like this. So I don't think this is going to be maximally severe. It's not going to be 1918. But what an opportunity for us to look at ourselves, men, in terms of who we are as men, what we're encouraging, what we're building, and how we're preparing to live in a tumultuous world. I love you. I'm proud of you. I believe this is a great moment for you to take stock. We'll talk about this some more, but I believe that the coronavirus is an opportunity. I'm not certainly not diminishing the deaths and the suffering that is out there, but I think it's an opportunity for men to look at who they are, for men to look at how they've prepared, for men to look at the culture they're building in their homes and to say, these things will come. What kind of people will we be when they do? What kind of men will we be when they do? More soon. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's Two Essential Books for Men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.